It's our first homes. It's an emotional thing. Um, turns out, man, like I'll spare you the details, but turns out we had over $50,000 worth of termite damage. Hey, this is Blake Davis with ProTech Inspections, joined by Mike Wilson of One Time Plumber and Premier Restoration for episode three of our Truth Over Harmony podcast. Please take a moment to take a look at all of our contract partners as they support us and support you. And also take a moment to find us on Facebook and Instagram, Pro-Tech Inspections, and be sure to like and subscribe. Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, We are here for our third episode of Truth Over Harmony. Um, we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Wilson, owner of One Time Plumber Premier Restoration. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, the fun stuff and not so fun stuff around home inspections and plumbing. Nice. So appreciate you joining us. Today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. Ton of fun. Um, so love asking this question, and with y'all with a kind of unique name like you got. How did the name One Tom Plumber come about? How did you guys kind of get started and and in the upstate area? Yeah, great question. So I'll start with the name because it's it's less. Uh, it's probably le- if you love the question, then it's probably a less cool answer than you used to getting. <laughs> It's uh, so one Tom Plumber. If you remember back in the day when you had the T nine texting, mm-hmm. so you had to hit the bun- buttons oh, yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah. So if you T nine one T O M Plumber, okay, that's the phone number. Okay. So the idea is one Tom Plumber. The name is the number. Okay. That's where it comes from. Very nice. As far as uh, oh, and then I'll give you the the backstory too. So so we figured out one Tom Plumber. The name is the number. That sounds mm-hmm. really good. Like one eight six six seven five eight. All that stuff. Uh, we also then went back and did a little bit of digging to try to find somebody in the plumbing space that had, um, uh, I'll say, just some relevance to, to the name, you know, Tom. Right. So we find out we find out about this guy, um, founder of a piece of the toilet uh, called the Ballcock, mm-hmm. and his name's Thomas Crapper. Mm-hmm. So Thomas Crapper, right? He basically invented what invented what we all consider modern plumbing now. Yeah. So now we're like you know the plumbers that invented indoor plumbing essentially. Yeah. So that's that's the idea. That's cool. So I always kind of thought that Thomas Crapper was really the. Or origin of it, but it actually came from typing it, out the name on your yeah, phone instead. You, really, if you read what looks and it's what the story's better with Tom Crapper. So if you yeah. if you read the website, the reason is because of one you know Thomas Crapper, one Tom Plumber. Yeah, um, yeah. But on the marketing side, it's nice that one Tom Plumber. The name is the number. Yeah, uh, got a nice little ring to it. Yeah, so love that. potato, potato, tomato, yeah. little this, little that. <laughs> love it. So. That's the origin of one time in general. How did you guys kind of get started in the in the upstate area? Yeah, great question. So one Tom Plumber is a franchise uh, mm-hmm. based out of uh, Cincinnati area, little small town outside of Cincinnati called Milford, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, they got started several years before we did. Um, we are the first franchisee of one Tom Plumber. Okay. Um, so what what the kind of idea behind one Tom Plumber is? Um, that separates itself from a lot of kind of what you would think of when you think of plumbing franchise, whatever comes to your head um, when you think that, um, whether it be the green guys, the yellow guys, the red guys, um, you know, we're the pink guys. Um, <laughs> but what it, what it is is the, the specific niche behind One Tom Plumber is that company itself, the franchise Zor, um, likes to market to other uh, fire and water restoration owner, business owners. Okay. So like for us, 
Um, we are Premier Restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father-in-law started that company in the um, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do primarily what you think of like insurance work. So mold, trees hitting houses, houses flooding, catching on fire, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the guys that come in and put it all back together. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that. My father-in-law has been doing that since the 90s. Um, now it's what I do a lot of my day today. Um, we have a great team there on the restoration side that does that. Um, we wanted something, uh, as, as you can imagine, restoration work, when it's when it's good, it can be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's bad, you know, it's, as you can imagine, people don't, you know, people don't have a home, home insurance claim every year. It's not, right. you don't have a lot of lifetime value with the customer where they're returning over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, most people have less than one insurance claim on their property their entire lives. Right. Um, so most people don't even know what it looks like to go through um, that insurance process. So that said, you know, work is very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to find something to support that side of the business, mm-hmm. um, something that could be a little more consistent, something with a little better cash flow. We're not waiting for State Farm or Nationwide or Allstate to cut a check. Yeah. Um, we're not having to argue with them about how much it costs to put in drywall, flooring, trim, right. paint, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we landed on plumbing. Um, plumbing is and restoration are tied together in a lot of ways because think about – you know, Blake, if you go home today and your house is flooded, you're not thinking, who can I come out, who can get out here to bring some fans and dry this out? Right. You're thinking, how do I get this water to stop flooding my house, yeah. right? So your first call, nine times out of 10, what we found is a plumber. Mm-hmm. So now our idea, and so far so good, the idea is you get the plumbing in there on that first call, stop the water, help the homeowner, then let them know, hey, we can dry it out. We can work with your insurance carrier, you know, all that stuff, bill through your insurance, get your plumbing taken care of and get your property dried yeah. out. So that's the idea. Um, we were, so we ran into these one Tom plumber guy. We had, so, so backing up a step, that was our like brainchild. We thought it would be a good idea. Thought we were the smartest kids in the room. Thought nobody else had this idea. Yeah. Um, so we go to this conference, this planning conference with Violin management, who's one of our consultants. Um, and there's these guys that are talking about one Tom Plumber, and they call themselves a bolt-on franchise to your existing restoration business. The idea is basically what I just described that I mm-hmm. thought was my idea, yeah. but it, it, somebody else had my idea. Um, Love when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, and luckily, not only did someone else have my idea, but they had some systems and some branding and all of that behind it. Yeah. Um, so we uh, very fondly with the franchise owners and their uh, franchisor um, and their group, we like to kind of lovingly say that we grew up together. Yeah. Um, we made a lot of mistakes together um, as far as, you know, our restoration business is independent owned and operated. My father-in-law started it. And if we want to do something, we do something, right? Mm-hmm. We're not looking at franchise bylaws and how it affects other people. Yep. Um, now we're part of a franchise and we, you know, everything we do could affect other branches of one Tom plumbers across the country. Mm-hmm. So we do have to be aware of, you know, how we re- represent ourselves. And that's new for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same way, one Tom plumber as a franchisor, we were there first, mm-hmm. right? So they're figuring out what does it look like to make decisions for the whole and not just for what works for their um, gr- very successful plumbing shop in, you know, Milford, Ohio, right. Cincinnati area. Um, so we, that's why lo- we lovingly say that we grew up together. Yeah. We made a lot of mistakes together, um, made a little bit of money together along the way, um, and are still trying to figure out um, every day, trying to figure out how to get better and how to you know, give great plumbing service and then how it connects to the restoration side mm-hmm. of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so there's your there's your long-winded answer for kind of how it got started how yeah. we started in the other yeah. state no i love that you know every every startup you're always going to have a lot of kinks that you got to iron out and you know having it be your idea you obviously want that to be your idea but if you got someone that's already got it in place and with those systems hopefully it's not as many kinks that you had to iron out there but sure. that's a that's a cool story there um so i guess touching just on uh premiere since we're talking on that a little bit you know restoration is a is a big circle right there's a lot of different aspects to it you know you got mold fire water meth sometimes oh, you yeah. know, whatever it can be you know oh, yeah. what kind of different restoration services do you guys offer because everyone's different from the other one right sure so how do how do you guys go about that what do you guys kind of offer and what services in terms of restoration are you guys doing yeah great great question so in general we offer um you know what we would call like a turnkey operation so if your house were to do have any of those issues that you just described mm -hmm. um, we've done plenty of meth houses um done plenty of fire jobs plenty of houses that you know flooded um this past you know uh, christmas and the one well not really christmas this year but christmas Christmas a year and a half ago or a year mm -hmm. and some change. And then, you know, a few weeks ago um, or in January of 2024. Yeah. yeah. 2024. That yeah. is the year. Yeah. I know, <laughs> Here we the are. Same thing. Um, you know, we had a, a bunch of pipe freezes, right? Mm -hmm. So you had all these pipes that froze and busted, you know, and so houses floods. So we do a ton. We did. We've done a ton of those. Um, you know, hurricanes come through, knock trees on houses, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So we do all of that. We're turnkey. Um, one thing that's, you know, that I am very proud of is we can kind of walk a homeowner through the whole process. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm not here to belittle any other restoration company. Um, that's not who we are. It's not who I am. But um, a lot of times in our industry in general, what you have is guys that would say that they specialize in a specific thing, whether that be drying a house after a flood or whether it be, you know, taking trees off the house and tarping the roof, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all well and good. But what we find is when you, I mean, you think about the trauma, you know, think about your own life, think about the trauma that you've already had in your own life and think about something that, you know, is it, is that trauma worse than having your house catch on fire? Mm -hmm. Is that trauma worse than having a tree split your house in half with, you know, while your kids were sleeping in the bedroom right next door? Yeah. You don't think about the trauma side of insurance, but when you have an insurance claim in general, it is one of the most traumatic things that can possibly happen to a human being. Mm -hmm. Is beca because it's your home, right? It's your it's your safety net. It's where you have meals every night. It's where you have friends over. It's where right. you, you know right. it's and your one home. of your probably if not the biggest investment you've probably made. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so for us, we don't like the idea of having somebody that has all this trauma, this horrible thing, the investment side that you just mentioned, have that happen and say, cool, we'll come dry out your property. And then we're three, four days into a dry out. We get them dry, but we've ripped their house apart. And we say, all right, see you never. Good luck, you know, billing mm -hmm. your insurance. Good luck finding a contractor that can come put this back together. Because yep. you and I know probably better than most how difficult it is to find a good contractor oh, yeah. these days. Oh, yeah. Um, much less one that will work with your insurance carrier mm -hmm. that's got all their own insurance that, you know, State Farm, Nationwide, all states going to require, whatever it might be, um, and do it all for the price of your deductible. Right. Um, right. So. 
We don't like that idea. So what we have done is we have a, a phenomenal team on the dry outside, you know, the 24-7 stuff, middle of the night, pipe bust. We got a plumber that can take care of it, and we got a team that's literally waiting on call to dry to dry the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we don't leave our clients what we would say in the middle of a restoration project. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our bit in our industry in the restoration side, a lot of people think of it as what we call mitigation, which is like mitigating the actual issue. So drying right. it out, taking the tree off the house, cleaning the fire, cleaning the meth, cleaning the mold mm-hmm. and then you have the repair side um, or the the restoration what a lot of people would call the restoration piece mm-hmm. so a lot of our industry would call those two totally separate things mitigation and repairs now you think about it on the on our industry side that's all well and good however on the homeowner side they don't look at it that way they right. look at I was in my house yesterday you know had a perfectly normal life all the normal day-to-day stresses of life and then today, I don't have a kitchen or today my house caught on fire and I'm living in a small apartment across town Mm -hmm. and I got to figure out what to do with my 90 pound dog Mm -hmm. and my two kids whose daycare is across town, you know, whatever it might be. Their life is totally disrupted. Oh yeah. Um, And so it's not in my, from our perspective and our belief is it's not fair for us to leave somebody in the middle of that project. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because our end user or our end customer, if you will, which is someone that's in the middle of, you know, a very traumatic experience needs somebody to guide them and walk them all the way through from point A to point B, we've decided that that's what we want to do. So we go point A to point B, which would be, you know, point A being I'm in this traumatic experience and point B being I'm back in a, you know, hopefully better condition than my house was when before this tree hit, this refrigerator line flooded, this pipe burst in my attic, this mold, this whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so we um, we have a heavy, heavy focus on being a turnkey restoration contractor mm-hmm. that's with you from all the way start to finish. Um, now, the vast majority of our work is water damage. Right. That's where our guys, you know, that's that's where we eat. Our guys are, are phenomenal at what we do. We focus on doing as demo free as possible drying. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of these guys will get in here, rip everything out, yeah. dry it out, set all their pieces of equipment, Build the insurance company, you know, and and that there's good people on both sides of that argument for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, we want to do not necessarily what's and I hate to say it this way, but not necessarily what's right by the insurance company. But we want to do what's right by the end customer, which mm-hmm. is to keep that that I mean I, I know I keep using the word, but keep that trauma and that tragedy to as small as possible. Right. Um, which looks like doing as as little demo as you can, you know, safely, knowing that you can't let mold grow, you can't do all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of our our niche in the space is we're mm-hmm. we're turnkey contractors, um, start to finish, and that we we put a really heavy focus on creating as as minimal of a construction project as possible, mm-hmm. because as you're well aware, you know, the construction side of our industry is is really really difficult. Um, it's it's really hard to find great sheet rockers, painters, trim guys, oh, you yeah. know, carpet, tile, you know, fill in the blank, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, hardwood guys, cabinet guys, ca- you know, countertops. Yeah. Um, that's the hard part of the industry is having great, consistent, reliable contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, we try to make that as minimal as possible, mm-hmm. focus on trying it out really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we uh, take that burden of carrying the construction project start to finish. Right. I love that too. And, you know, you educated me on that aspect of it because you know and I feel like I probably speak for a lot of folks out there in terms of just being a typical homeowner is that you don't really think about okay my house just flooded 
and you know now the water has stopped i've i've put the band-aid over it but i've still got to go out and find someone to fix the actual issue and make the repairs a lot of people i feel like don't think that way but you're right you know in our industry that's the way we think but as you know your typical homeowner you don't and i i would agree i think that that's a better way to take care of the client there and it also kind of helps in terms of quality i would argue you know you get a lot more hands in the cookie jar you're going to have lot more opportunity for mistakes to be made and things like that but if you have someone that is holding your hand throughout that whole process and managing that for you you don't have to be worrying about going behind all those you know contractors you know hands in the cookie jar make sure that they're doing good work you've got someone doing that for you so i I think that that's an awesome model and i'll I'll give you i'll give you a a stat that i would bet you that 99 percent of the population doesn't know yeah Mold, what most people think of mold, mildew, that nasty black stuff that kind of smells bad, that's the end of the world now. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, acts like mold's this terrible thing. And it's not great, um, but it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, if you ask them, how long does it take mold to grow if you had something wet? You'd get a litany of answers. Some people would say a few days, some people would say a week, some people would say, you know, a month or more. Mm-hmm. Um, mold can grow and does grow as soon as 24 hours from being if something's wet mm-hmm. especially you get into a dark and you know this from you know being in your in your space but being in a dark damp crawl space or behind your fridge where there's been a steady leak oh, from yeah. where the ice maker line ties into the plumbing mm-hmm. um, think what whatever it might be um, so what we've trained you know kind of on, on our plumbing side is what we tell them is if if there's an indoor leak and something got wet Unless the uh, the water didn't penetrate that surface, like it's a tile bathroom or something, and the homeowner right. got it wiped up with a towel, um, that kind of thing. Um, if something got wet and it did not get properly dried out, mold will start to grow. Mm-hmm. And it's not always 24 hours. It's not always 48 hours. It's not right. always three days. Sometimes it is longer, and it depends on a lot. Um, but here in specifically where we sit in South Carolina, most of our jobs, if it gets wet within 24 to 48 hours, mold is growing Mm -hmm. and you've got to get it taken care of. And it can't be one of those things where to your point, your average homeowner gets the water fixed, stops the water, but it's been sitting there for a day or two or or even a few hours while they were at work. And Mm -hmm. then they come home and they dry it up with a towel. They don't realize they may have dried the, let's say carpet on top, but that pad underneath is soaked Mm -hmm. and they didn't do anything to that pad. Pad, and that soaked pad is getting the plywood underneath soaked. Yep. That plywood underneath soaked is getting the insulation soaked. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a wet crawl space. Now mm-hmm. you've got mold, mildew, and then anything else that you can think of nasty in a crawl space. Right. Snakes, rodents, pests, spiders, <laughs> yep. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I always, what we encourage our plumbers and, and our homeowners alike is if it got wet, it needs to get dried. Right. Um, and a, you know, a few hundred dollars for a drying bill or, you know, much more, you know, e- even the average dryouts, a few thousand dollars mm-hmm. typically covered by insurance, but either way, it could save you tens of thousands of dollars right. of possible rotten subfloor that rot typically isn't covered by insurance. So mm-hmm. if, if you don't dry it out properly, your insurance carrier is going to say, well, it's on you to make sure that your home is in a stable condition at all times. We're there for insurance is there for sudden and incidental stuff that happens. Acts yep. of God. Acts of God. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, so anyway, I, I don't say that to, you know, be the, the scare tactics guy, but we, we encourage our plumbers, you know, when you're out in the field and you're in all these people's homes, like you said, your average homeowner doesn't understand 
understand their insurance policy. Right. They don't understand, you know, that language, that acts of God, that sudden and incidental that your insurance will and willingly cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think your insurance carrier is on your side and is looking for a reason to give you money, um, you're sorely mistaken. <laughs> yeah. And it's not oh, the yeah. agent. You know, there's great in the upstate, at least, there's phenomenal insurance agents around here mm-hmm. that do a great job, but the agent doesn't make the call. At the end of the day, it's the adjuster, and it's right. the claims department that's somewhere far away that doesn't know your mom and them, doesn't know your daughter, doesn't didn't play you know high school basketball with your dad. You know yep. you don't have that relationship. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I, I always tell people mold can grow significantly faster than you can think, mm-hmm. um, and you need to get it to not grow because insurance, if you tell them mold, they want to try to deny that coverage, and if they see rotten wood, they want to try to deny that coverage. Mm-hmm. So get mm-hmm. it dried up, get it dried right the first time, and you won't have to deal with that. Yep, yep. And we, we tell folks that all the time, right, because you say mold and people want to run for the hills, right? They think that they're going to have cancer within the next 24 hours because yep. they got a little bit of mold and mildew in their shower, right? Yep. Every house has got mold spores in it all Agreed. over the place, right? <laughs> It's just one of those natural things that you can't prevent, you know, and that's why we why we push our indoor air quality services is we can give you those definitive results as to what it is. Is it active? Is it inactive? Is it, you know, something of real concern or is it just something that is going to be found in every home? And, you know, tying in with you there, that's that's huge for a homeowner. And no one knows, really, I would argue at least, no one knows the ins and outs of their insurance policies Agreed. like the back <laughs> of their hand. You know, yep. you get that long 60-page booklet of what your policy covers, and you may read the summary, you know, and that's just how it is. But to have someone to be able to go in and, and, and deal with the insurance companies and help you through that process is huge because, yep. you know, you don't know – what that industry and what that process is like unless you're going through it. And like you said earlier, typically a homeowner will only have one claim on their home in their entire life. So they're only going to go through it once. Yep. Absolutely. You know, I think that's awesome. Um, So, you know, talking about some of what we do on the inspection side of things, um, you know, we're not perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. There's no perfect house, no perfect realtor, no perfect contract or anything. Um, what are some common things that you see home inspectors miss when you guys are out in the field? True. Good question. Loaded question. Yeah, right? lo- loaded question. What have we seen you Without guys throwing miss? throwing us under the bus <laughs> <Yeah>. too bad <laughs> here. <laughs> no, I, uh, that's, that's funny. You know, we, we see it on both sides, right? So we're, the, we're on the restoration side, and then we're on the plumbing side. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, your average homeowner or your average realtor may not be aware when, when you're going out and your home inspector is doing a full, I'm gonna give a PR answer here. Uh, when they're doing their inspection of your home, right? You don't expect them to, you know, take all of your flooring off and see how the subfloor looks. You don't mm-hmm. expect them to pull the drywall out or have a stethoscope and know what's going on, you know, behind the walls. Mm-hmm. So you guys on your side, you can only see what's there. Right. Um, and what's, what we find is a lot of the times it's not for lack of effort from a homeowner or a home inspector that something is missed or a lack of knowledge or experience or anything like that. A lot of it is just an unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give you a, a, 
a personal example here. My my first home uh, was on uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. And, uh, and if you're familiar with Charleston, it's in the Park Circle area, Camden Street. Mm-hmm. Love this house more than anything. It's a massive house, 960 square feet. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow three beds, one bath, and 960 square feet. Three beds in there. That's three impressive. Beds. I don't know that you could actually call them bedrooms. I don't know that a king size could have fit into any of those <laughs> rooms. But on the listing, it was called a three-bed house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was a it was an amazing house. It was so cool. Had the phenomenal backyard. Um, we had a home inspection done. Everything looked good on it. You know, it's an old house. It'd been there. You know, not quite a hundred years, but more than fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we expected little things to you know to be wrong with it, but it had right. been flipped. You know, the floors had been refinished. Um, new new paint everywhere. New countertops. All that stuff. I mean, it wasn't like high end by any means, but it was a nice. It was a wonderful first house for us. Right. We lived in it probably, um, God, less than a year for sure, less than a year. Um, and long story short, we were cleaning out one of the bedrooms, and my wife was actually doing this, and she saw like what looked like dust on the wall. Mm-hmm. So she went to wipe the dust off, and it kind of felt damp. So she got a little cloth, and she went to wipe a little harder, and she put her finger through the wall. Mm-hmm. And this is our biggest investment, you know, to your point earlier, yeah. like by far our biggest investment um, that we had made in our in our lot in our young lives. We had been married less than a year. Um, you know, it's our first home. It's this emotional thing. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out, man, like I'll spare you the details, but turns out we had over fifty thousand dollars worth of termite damage. Wow, that was done in our home. Wow. And, you know, when I fir- when it first happened, and even still it's a little raw, but now it's like almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But when it first happened, I was mad at everybody. Mm-hmm. I was mad at the realtor for not catching it. I was mad at the home inspector for not catching it. Of course, I'm disappointed in myself. I wasn't in the industry at that point. I was a student pastor. Um, but still, as a, as a man, you know, it's you want to – you don't want this to happen to your house and right. your young, you know, wife, your new wife. Um, you know, so we're – 21 with a with you know probably three grand in our bank mm. account and we just found out that we had fifty thousand dollars worth of damage to this house that we already were you know in mortgage up to our eyeballs oh, in yeah. kind of thing yeah um, in Charleston <laughs> yeah um, which is super cheap <laughs> exactly exactly and so I was mad at the world because you know all these people including myself I'm thinking should have caught this mm-hmm. so then I go back and look at pictures and I go back and look at the inspection report and I go back and I look at you know all my communications with contracts and different folks we had got brought we had brought in and I and of course we're having the work done at our house which we're very very fortunate. A man named Richard Brown, if you're listening to this, I cannot tell you how thankful I am for what you did for us. Um, but he, you know, organized a group and, and paid for 99.9% out of his pocket and some other friends from the church um, put us back wow. together. We were all good. It's a beautiful story. Wow. Um, very thankful for, for that whole team. Um, but what, what happened, I, I went back and looked at it and there was nothing like I, I saw close up pictures on the home inspection report. They did their job. There mm-hmm. was pictures of everything above, pictures of everything like in the crawl space in the house. Um, they got up in the attic. I mean, they they did a thorough job. Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked at it, and I'm like, you know, who who should have caught this? Right? Mm-hmm. There was no evidence, and you, we could make arguments. And um, there are, you know, I certainly have some opinions on it now. But but overall, you know, the point that I'm making is you as a home inspector, and you obviously know this, but to realtors, whoever else might be looking at this, you can only see what you can see. Right. So often you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as what what do is often missed, 
in my specific situation, what was missed is fifty thousand dollars worth of termite damage. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and it happens. It's a real thing, and I'm not. I'm, it's not a unique story. I'm not the only one with that kind of story. It mm-hmm. does happen, um, and I think on the home inspection side, you know, it's it's a lesson to that side of the industry to take the extra time and all do all those things that you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's why it's so important to have a great home inspector that does, that has a great reputation that stands by their, you know, by their work and their name, like you guys. Um, but as far as like, so that, that's an extreme example, obviously, but that's real talk. That's like my house right, on Camden right. street. That was my first house. Um, but as far as like what we see a lot of, um, that, you know, may, may, maybe missed is not the right word, but a lot of things that maybe, um, uh, how do you say, like, um, again, m- missed is not the word here, so don't take this, you know, in the way I'm not intending it. Um, but I think a lot of times what we see is the inspector will give a 30,000 foot view of the whole house, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys will come in and you'll, you'll do what your role is, and that is to give a full overall inspection of the entire property, mm-hmm. right? The, the HVAC, the electrical, the mechanicals, you know, the, the fill in the blank. Is the floor sagging? How, are the, how do the joists look? Is there mold in the crawl space? Right. All that. So what we have found, specifically on the plumbing side, is a lot of times the toilets will flush, the faucets will run, and they won't it won't leak if you let it run for a few minutes. Um, but, you know, when you go in and you do a little more thorough, which I know you guys do offer, you do a, little, a sewer inspection. Right. And you'll see that, yeah, everything's going down the sewer system, but it's old Orangeburg pipe. Yes. And it's, you know, it's getting, you know, crumbling, crumbling. Or it's cast iron that was put in 100 years ago, and it's mm-hmm. bottom rotted. Mm-hmm. And you can get most of your plumbing through the system, but... Not a couple days after Thanksgiving when everybody's putting all their, you know, turkey (laughs) scraps and everything else down the drain. Um, And a lot of times, again, mist is not the word, but a lot of times a um, more thorough, what I would call thorough plumbing inspection um, could could be something that um, is something that would be really beneficial. So Mm. like for us right now, we we have one where we went and did a, a plumbing inspection on the property and everything was good there was no necessarily not necessarily a problem um again it, it everything was flushing everything was running but you go in and you see that oh there the water pressure you know or the the pressure on this house is way too high mm-hmm. and what people don't think about is when you have when your pressure is too high or too low um on a home one it changes constantly because if you're in the city or even honestly now if you're in the county the way that the upstate is expanding and they're putting in new neighborhoods everywhere and new townhouses everywhere new businesses everywhere the city and the county are constantly adjusting the pressure that's coming from the city tap to Mm -hmm. your property right Mm -hmm. so you might have had a home that was built five or ten years ago and the builder did a great job. Everything looks awesome. The pressure is appropriate. The the fixtures are getting the right amount. All of those things. But the pressure has changed now because another neighborhood was built right beside you. So the city had to open up that tap and give a little more pressure mm. in order to get to your home. Right. But your home's higher up and closer to the city tap than that next neighborhood is. So now you're getting a little more pressure than maybe you were five years ago, 10 right. years ago. Right. Um, so we see a lot of times is in that specific situation, you know, kind of a doomsday side of it is this house is getting too much pressure. Therefore, all of the fixtures are getting too much pressure. Mm. So now 
all of your, like for example, let's say your water heater. Your water heater is getting too much pressure and the manufacturer specs say it can only have up to X PSI. Right. If it has over X PSI, then we, it, it voids the manufacturer's warranty. Mm-hmm. So now you have that little leak at the bottom or at the top of your water heater. Now your elements start to go bad. Now you've got this water heater that's only five or eight years old and we know this thing shouldn't be going out, but because it's been putting too, had too much pressure on it for years and years and years, now the water heater goes bad. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank as any other appliance in your house, your faucets, your fixtures, showers, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, toilets. They're only rated up to a certain amount of PSI. So when you have too much pressure on the house, you know, you've got, you've got an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making sure you know what the pressure is on your house, making sure you know how old your water heater is and what kind of condition it is. Um, when's the last time your water heater has been flushed? Yeah. You know, so if, if you look it up, believe it or not, you're supposed to fl- re- read your own specs on your water heater. But in general, you're supposed to get that thing flushed every year or two, yep. you know, every year, yeah, to 18 every year. months. Yep. Um, ask your parents when the last time they had their water heater flushed. I bet it's been a long time. Yep. Most, most people, yeah. Mo- most people never flush their water heater. Mm-hmm. Ever. I know I haven't yeah. in a couple of years. <laughs> it's totally normal. You don't think about it, right? Right. Um, and what and and it's it's not the end of the world, except for if an issue happens now, your AO Smith water heater, AO Smith's not gonna warranty that because they told you when you buy this thing, you gotta you know, you gotta keep it properly maintained. Right. And right. again, it's not the end of the world, but it will reduce the lifespan of that water heater. You know, mm-hmm. will there will be buildup and sediment and all that stuff. You know, in, in the upstate, our water's not perfect. It's not bad. It's, it's a lot better than it is at a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not uh, free from impurity or free of impurities. Right. Um, right. So that all that sediment, all that buildup. You know, your water heater basically acts as a filter for the rest of your house. Mm-hmm. So it sits in the bottom of your water heater. Mm-hmm. And if you could cut your water heater in half and op- and open it up you would not be pumped about the hot water that's coming into your shower. Oh, I bet. Or I you're, bet. you know, washing your clothes or whatever. You yeah. know, it's, it, it's, it gets nasty. Yeah, oh, um, I bet. Well, and that's a good point, I think, too, you know, talking about, you know, us as home inspectors, we're a generalist, right? We're looking at things with a 3,000-foot view. So, you know, maybe it's not folks intentionally missing things, but, you know, with that 3,000-foot view, you will overlook some things and, you know, several thousand inspections that you may do throughout the course of the year. Um, You know, but that brings up a good question in my head is in talking about, especially in the upstate area, how much expansion and growth we've been seeing in the last couple of years, you know, different neighborhoods having different pressures like you're talking about. Um, You know, obviously, let's say a home is totally fine when they move into it and then a neighborhood comes along like you're talking about. Is there anything that you guys can do, any equipment or anything like that that you can install to help mitigate and and balance out those uneven pressures that, you know, it used to be good and now is no longer good? Is there anything that a homeowner can do there? They just kind of, you know, stuck with having to maintain their their appliances and fixtures and things like that better. Um, I need you to sit shotgun with my guys for the rest of these uh, rides they do the rest of the next few months. <laughs> that's You're putting it on a T, man. That's beautiful. Um, short answer is absolutely we can help you with that. <laughs> and let me tell you how. Um, now I'll put on, I'll take off my used, uh, used car salesman hat. Yeah. Um, short answer though is absolutely. So um, it's called a PRV, pressure regu- uh, regulating valve or pressure reducing valve. Um, and every home should have one. If your home was built, you know, post 2010, probably Mm -hmm. I can say almost 
for a hundred percent sure it has one. Mm-hmm. Um, there are exceptions, um, but in general, if it's a if you've got a relatively new home, it for sure has a PRV. Um, and what that does is it's exactly what you described. So the pressure is coming in at 100, 100, 120 from the city or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, just pick an easy math. And we need to turn that thing down to whatever, you know, whatever it might be, 60, 70, you know, kind of thing. Right. So you're turning the pressure down. So what's happening is it's literally a valve that can handle the pressure that's designed to handle that pressure so that your XYZ appliance doesn't have to handle that pressure. Mm-hmm. So it literally takes the pressure, reduces it, or regulates it, puts it where it needs to be, right. um, and then dispenses that water supply to the rest of the property. Um, and it's really a super simple fix. So mm-hmm. um, those go bad; they don't last forever. Um, it's something you know we can we can absolutely come in and replace. You know, if you have an issue um, with those, a lot of older homes. Like I, I love my wife more than anyone on planet Earth, um, but as ev- you should, every home that we've ever had has been this old house with you know in her words charm um in my words you know it needs a lot of work um and she's phenomenal at at making them look beautiful and you know i've I've been very blessed love every house that we've lived in because Mm. of you know her eye for design and all those things right right um but um none of my houses had a prv you know we moved in so Mm. our pressure would be all over the place yeah some of the houses you know you you can't take a hot shower i'd rather take it at the ymca you know it's like it's miserable to take a shower because there's no pressure yeah um and then you know some of them are the opposite some of them it's it's you know you're put on blast and it hurts to take a shower Mm -hmm. um so that's something we've had to do you know like an aftermarket install right every single one of our houses Mm. um and it's it's you know not expensive you know for for a few hundred dollars you can get that problem fixed What's um, typical shelf life for something like that? How long do they typically last? Oh, years, last? years. Okay. You know, eight, ten years kind of thing. Very nice. Um, you know, they're, it's it's a wonderful investment on your home if you don't have one. You probably do. Most homes in the upstate do. But if you have been around or if, if you have an old house and it's not been aftermarket installed, as I described it, mm-hmm. then, you know, if you got an old house, if you live – and you know one of the old mill plantation or one of the old mills that's been converted up here if you live or in that area if you live downtown you know most mm-hmm. of those houses uh, even on augusta road you know those houses um, they don't have them you know mm-hmm. unless it's been aftermarket mm-hmm. installed mm-hmm. Um, so it's an easy fix it's not a lot of money um, and it's it really is a life like it's a lifestyle upgrade to have a nice right. shower and to be able to have the proper pressure and to not have to worry about if your kid's showering you know down the hall and you want to shower in the other bathroom kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah, I would definitely definitely recommend you check out if you have a PRV. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, it's an easy install, easy Very fix. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yep. You hear that? If you need a PRV, we've got the guy for it. So. One Tom Plumber. <laughs> the name is the number. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I mean, you kind of touched on this when we were talking about water heaters, um, and you know, wanting to flush those out once every one or two years, things like that. Um, what's some, you know, common maintenance tips, reminders, tricks of the trades that you guys do that, you know, your homeowner can do, you know, maybe it'll help them prevent them from having to call you guys to come out, you know, more often kind of thing. What can they do to help protect their home? Absolutely. Great question. Um, so first let's start with the low hanging fruit. Let's start with when it gets really cold outside. Mm -hmm. So when it gets really cold, the number one recommendation that I would have is go to Lowe's, get a, you know, spend less than more. I don't know how big your house is, but spend for sure less than $20 and get what's called a a frost bib cover, a hose bib cover. Um, And however many hose bibs you've got on the outside, you know, the spigots, Mm -hmm. you know, where you literally plug your hose into the house kind of thing. Get one for each of those on the outside of your home. 
Um, and for, you know, three, four, five bucks a piece, um, that's one of the most common areas where uh, pipe freezes happen. Hmm. Um, typically what happens if, well, first you need to disconnect your hose from, from the actual property because water will freeze in your hose faster than it will freeze in your pipes. Mm-hmm. So what happens is freezes in the, freezes in the hose, backs up, freezes into the you know spigot itself, mm-hmm. gets back into the pipes, then it thaws out or whatever it might be, and then it bursts because you know water, ice, excuse me, expands. Mm-hmm. So it gets larger and then it bursts mm-hmm. um, or, or messes with a fitting or splits the copper, uh, whatever it might be. So that's the first thing I would say when it gets cold, you know, s- spend some money, um, put a, a frost bib cover um, on the outside of your house. Um, of course, you know, you can go uh, honestly spend a couple hundred bucks and get enough pipe insulation from Home Depot or Lowe's. You can do it yourself or hire a handyman, hire us, of course, um, you know, whoever it might be, um, get your kids <laughs> to get in the crawl space and put <laughs> make pipe them earn insul- that rent. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, super easy install that that'll help um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, every little bit uh, counts. And then, you know, when it gets cold, the easy things, you know, the when you go to bed, open up all the vanity doors that are underneath your sinks. Um, so that your the pipes are as regulated as possible, and the heat that you're already spending to heat your house will help insulate and um, regulate the temperature of the pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know uh, you you hear you know run the faucets. You know that's right. a pretty common thing. Um, you know just a slow steady drip. You know on the hot and the cold side will help keep water moving, and water that's moving is slower to freeze than water that's still. Right. Would you say that? And just to interrupt you there real quick, would you say that, you know, cause you always hear let your faucets drip overnight, right? Yep. You hear it on the news all the time, yep. but it sounds like doing the soft bib covers on the external of the house is more effective in helping prevent that kind of stuff than it is in just dripping the faucet overnight. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would say every little bit helps. Right. You're not losing a lot of water by dripping it, you know, having a couple drips or a very slow drip. Um, it's a very inexpensive way to, mm-hmm. to help prevent, you know, the pipe uh, freezes and bursts. Um, same thing with the hose bib covers. Mm-hmm. It's a very inexpensive way to help, mm-hmm. but neither are guaranteed on their own or even together that right. your pipes won't freeze. You know, right. in, in the upstate, you know, we're, we're not used to single-digit weather. But it does happen. It does happen up here. It's very infrequent. We just happened to have, and it wasn't single digits this past time when it froze, but, um, you know, we do get it every so often. It got close. It got close. And we get get the low teens. And our houses, our code is not built the same way that the code is in Michigan and, you know, New York, Boston, you know, mm-hmm. any anywhere up north because it doesn't have to be, right? Mm-hmm. So it's if our code were to the same standard, then our houses would be significantly more expensive because mm-hmm. builders would have to spend more money to put in pipe that we really didn't need to put in for, right. you know, the vast, 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 vast majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say all those things help, and it's a very inexpensive, you know, way to help prevent um, you know, pipe burst, pipes, pipes freezing when it gets cold. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as other, you know, routine maintenance things, um, if you look up a quick, literally five minute video, you can flush your water heater yourself. Mm -hmm. If you have a hose pipe and you water your plants with it, you can flush your water heater. That's Mm -hmm. all it takes is you plug in. It's a, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you give the YouTube the views, but, um, you know, you, you literally plug in a hose, you drain it, you know, you can drain it a couple times, you know, depending on what your manufacturer says, it's not, um, it's not a complicated process to do. And that's something that every homeowner, um, that waters their plants has the ability to do. Right. Um, so that's one thing I would say, um, a lot of things that we see, one of the most common things is the flapper on your toilet goes bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 
you can absolutely hire us, hire another plumber, spend a few hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars to get your flapper replaced. But it's literally a $7 part at Lowe's. Yep. And you're paying the plumber his drive time to come out, you know, take it out of his truck, put the flapper in. It's going to be less than 15 minutes of work for him. Right. But he's got to pay, you know, Google who, you know, spent, you know, he had to spend money on to generate the call and then the gas yep. to get out there, the labor yep. for the guy. You know, so you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks to get that done mm-hmm. when a trip to Lowe's. No tools required, just, again, five-minute YouTube video and $7 at Lowe's, mm-hmm. um, you, could, you could do it yourself. So right. I would say if, you're, if, you're, if you hear that kind of high-pitched, almost whistle, your toilet's constantly running, that's, it's more than likely, you know, oh, I shouldn't say that, but I'll say that a lot of the time it is just a toilet flapper that's gone bad because they do. It's a little mm-hmm. rubber piece that sits in water 24-7. It's mm-hmm. in the back in the tank of your toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, so those go bad really, really quickly. I shouldn't say really, really quickly. Those go bad. Those go out quicker than the rest of your toilet. Right. So that that's a quick thing that a homeowner could do themselves um, and not need to call a plumber for. Mm-hmm. You do not need to call a plumber for mm-hmm. it. Um, and this is a little bit talking myself out of business. So um, maybe I shouldn't do all this, but I would say that like most of your plumbing issues, you like if you're a generally handy person, if like if you built Legos as a kid you can probably do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Plumbing is not like, it's not rocket science. Like, mm-hmm. l- let me rephrase that. Service plumbing is not rocket science. Right. Fixing an issue. Assuming it's an obvious issue, you see where the leak's coming from. Um, it, it's not a complicated process. Now, now the plumbers, you know, the reason that they are um, incredible at what they do and, you know, deserve, you know, plumbers are paid very well and they deserve to be, they're extremely hard workers and they get in the tight spaces that I, I would not want to every day yeah. um, by any means. Um, but it's, it's their, it's their knowledge. You're paying a plumber for his or her knowledge and the Mm -hmm. the ability to diagnose a problem and help to prevent it from happening next time. Um, but if you see where the issue is and you can YouTube how to, you know, replace a faucet, replace a shower head, clean your shower head, Mm -hmm. um, replace, uh, um, you know, the guts of your toilet, a fill valve, Mm -hmm. um, replace a flapper. I bet with a five, 10 minute YouTube video and one hour of your time, you can do most of this with, I mean, a lot of it with no tools. Most of them with just some hand tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you, this is what I always tell people, try it yourself. And if you mess up, then call a plumber. Yeah. Because you're not going to, in general, you're not going to get, no no plumber is like going to charge you more because you tried. Like plumbers also love educating. Yeah. So if one of my guys goes out there and they see that Blake tried to fix this thing in his sink and Blake screwed miserably up. Miserably failed. Yeah, and Blake <laughs> miserably failed, as to be expected. You know, he's going to be like, hey, man, come come, let me show you what I'm doing. Let me show you where you went wrong. You know, he's going to educate you. He's going to mm-hmm. show you what, you what you could do differently next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always tell people, like, give it a shot. Like, YouTube it. And if, if you have the tools, you know, if you're a homeowner, you've got some tools, right? YouTube it. If you've got the tools, see if you can fix it. And then yeah. if you can't, call a plumber. You know, yeah. whatever you're going to do, cut the water off before you do it. So you don't have a you know fiasco, but as long as you cut the water off and you YouTube how to do it, you you can't make. Uh, well, I won't say you can't make a huge mistake, <laughs> but I'll say plumbing is a lot less complex mm-hmm. than people think it is. Mm-hmm. Water runs from the street to your house, and then water runs away, you know, from the drain back to the street. Yep. And then there's some turns in between and some cutoffs, and you know, if you can kind of, if you've got, if you're hand, if you're if you're a handy person. And you're and you what I go to YouTube University. That's what I call it. Yeah. Um. You can you can get educated quick enough to give it a shot. Oh yeah. Not and, to be dangerous. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, no, I love that. And I mean, I think that you touched on really, you know, talking about putting yourself out of business. I would say that you did the opposite in that. And, you know, that is the value that you guys bring to the table, right? You know, like you're saying is that anybody can, any Joe Schmo can go out and YouTube a video on how to replace a faucet or, or what to do if this is leaking kind of thing. And you'll probably figure it out. But, you know, having someone to be able to, A, have the knowledge and expertise, save you the time and having to go through all that headache. And B, if you did try and go through all that headache, they can educate you on, you know, how to prevent it in the future, how to fix this in the future. And, you know, talking about, um, you know, if it's a small fix like that, give it a go because you're not going to get someone to come out there for less than, you know, a couple hundred bucks or something. Absolutely. There's just such a misconception in our field with having contractors come out for, for free, basically, you know, and that that used to be a thing, right? Everyone would be, hey, I'll come out and give you a free quote. And, you know, you still have plenty of folks that do that. But and this is not to knock on any of those folks by any stretch of the imagination, but as a homeowner and and a you know someone who is dealing with an issue at hand who do you want to have coming in to work on your home someone who's willing to show up for free or someone who understands that their time has value and you know have to be compensated for that time yeah um and you know there's there's value behind that so you know it's not if you're shopping for price you may not be shopping the right way. You know, quality quality has a price tag attached to it, unfortunately. But, you know, you pay for what you get. So you're right. And and I, I could I won't, but I could go off on that soapbox that you just said <laughs> very eloquently and succinctly. I, I could give a TED talk on this. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's and we talk about it a lot, you know, uh, flippantly with with the team. But you look at it just like I'll I'll walk you through a quick scenario. So let let's look at what you just said. Homeowner wants a free quote on a on a water heater, on mm-hmm. a, you know, whatever, a toilet that won't flush right or whatever it might be. So let's look at what the business owner is actually paying for that or the business itself. So plumbers in general are not paid only when a job comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So plumbers are getting paid. The The actual person that's doing the work is getting paid whether or not work comes in. So you're paying insurance, workers comp, you know, everything on the employee themselves, then yep. you're paying their wage, then you're yep. paying their fuel to come out and give that free, you And know, how do they get out there? They ain't driving their own car. They're not driving they? their own car. They're driving a vehicle that's, you know, they're driving a nice van that's hopefully in our sense a nice van that's wrapped that's got a four-figure car payment on it, you know, yeah. every month. Yeah. Um, you know, so none Bright of that pink. is free. Bright pink, pink plunger <laughs> across the side. That's us. Um, but then and then a lot of people what you don't think about is you know, if, if I need an electrician, if I need, well, now I, I know, you know, a lot of guys in the field, but, you know, say years and years ago before I was in the construction space and the plumbing space, you know, if I needed a plumber, I needed a home inspector, I needed whoever, where am I going? I'm mm-hmm. going to Google yeah. and I'm typing in home inspector near me, or I'm typing in plumber, Greenville, South Carolina. So when someone, when I Google that and I click on one Tom plumber at the top or fill in the blank of your favorite plumber, right? That's going to cost, and what you don't realize it, it costs a significant amount of money. Oh yeah. It, every every individual click on and this is a hard statement to make because it's a sweeping generality. It, it could be all over the place, and right. it, in the country, it's all different. But in general, 
every time you click on someone else's home service ad, mm-hmm. that home service company is paying, it, again, it could be huge, but anywhere from on average 50 bucks to 150 bucks for that click. Yep. For that one, just the click. Not not counting if you actually book a call, not counting if you know you are asking for a price and then you call the next plumber down the line and you're mm-hmm. asking three or four people, mm-hmm. then all of those folks are paying for that click. Yeah. Um, but when you do that, so you look at, okay, let's just split the middle. So I paid a hundred bucks for you to call me off the rip, hundred bucks. That's that I'm, I'm never getting back. I paid it to Google. Yep. Google's not handing it back if I don't convert that call. Then I'm paying the person who answered the answered the call. In our case, we have some phenomenal dispatchers. Mm-hmm. Their jobs to get a plumber out to your house when you have an issue. Mm-hmm. So that person's getting paid. That person sitting in an air conditioned office, you know, answering a phone that you know the business pays for, pays for the air conditioning, pays for the shop rent, pays for yep. all these things. So I could go on and on and on and on about the, all the cost that goes into actually getting a licensed, insured, background check. Mm-hmm. Qualified plumber mm-hmm. out to your property, and mm-hmm. and this is my industry, but pick any others. You know, electrician, home inspector, yeah. whatever it might yeah. be. Um, I mean, it, it costs literally hundreds of dollars just to get a plumber to ring your doorbell. Mm-hmm. So then to ask them, you know, to tell them that you're getting three quotes on this toilet that's leaking, you know, and and you'll get back to them next week kind of thing. It, it is, you know, and it's, and I don't mean to, you know, come off whatever here, but it is a little disheartening. It is a little bit of a slap in the face that mm-hmm. you're saying that, you know, and I, this is not that anyone individually is saying this, but it does feel from the other side that you're saying that this value is zero because yep. what you're willing to pay for it is zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us... Um, you know, we have some great clients like you guys that we will go out and we will give a free, you know, home inspection for, mm-hmm. we will go give a free, you know, estimate on it, but it's, it's what we would call like a friends and family kind of deal. Like yeah. if, if Joe Schmo calls off the streets and wants a free quote to replace his water heater, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not giving a free inspection. It costs me way too much money to give those out like candy. Mm-hmm. It's not Halloween. They didn't say trick or treat. <laughs> yeah. So they're paying for that inspection. They ain't dressed up or anything. <laughs> they ain't dressed up. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean that's that's a really good point there, and and you mentioned doing these uh, these kind of home inspections, and you know to clarify, it is not a home inspection yes. that you guys are doing, but you know to to those that are out there listening, you know plumbing is a huge aspect of the home inspection, right? And a lot of the times, those lines are behind walls. We as home inspectors, you know, we don't have X ray vision. We don't we can't tell what's going on behind a wall. We've got you know, clues and things that we can look for to dive deeper into it. But ultimately, you know, we can't we can't see what we can't see. Right. And if there's a big plumbing issue, that could be a big ticket item. Right. So, oh, yeah. you know, if someone is looking to get a get a home inspection, they're looking at buying a home and they want to have their plumbing, you know, looked into a little bit more in depth by by someone that that is their trade. You know, we like to call ourselves a generalist, a family doctor. Right. We can tell you you know, if you're sick or not, but if you've got a heart problem, you're going to go to your cardiologist, right? And so same kind of thing there is that, you know, having the specialist come in and look at that kind of stuff, you know, you guys can can take things apart and look at it and make sure that it's running properly, you know, that it's in good shape, things like that. So um, if anyone, you know, is looking for having something like that done on their property, we got your guy right here. So yeah. give us a call and we can do that. Um in terms of one other question that we got for you, every homeowner, right, they're going to have at some point, hopefully not, but at some point they'll probably have some plumbing issues. 
what is some things that every homeowner should know and look for to ideally help prevent them from having to call you guys, but they can say, Hey, I've got X, Y, Z. That's kind of making me think that I've got some problems here. You know, what should I be looking for? What, what's some things that some tips and tricks that you can give them to, you know, help prevent from having to call you guys there? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully to your point, hopefully you never have to call a plumber because plumbers aren't cheap because, and plumbers get paid well. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you never have to call them, but you chose to buy a house, you chose to invest in a property. Um, and so you're going to have issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just part of it. Um, as far as reducing the plumbing portion of it, um, I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. And it's just like, know enough to be dangerous, you yeah. know, like, and, and I hate to say this, I don't want to talk ill of the, the trades or plumbers specifically, but in general, like, if I come to you and I'm a sleazy salesman mm-hmm. and you, I can tell that you don't know what you're talking about, right? I'm licking my chops. I, yep. can, I can charge this guy whatever I want for mm-hmm. this thing that he has to get done. Yep. And right? we see it all the time. And that's, everybody's like, and, and I don't mean to come off the wrong way, but that's, that's a huge fear for people, especially, and again, this may be not the right PR way to say it, um, but especially you look at like, a single mom, or you look at somebody that just traditionally um, is maybe someone that has taken advantage of more than others in terms of in in the trade specifically, Mm -hmm. uh, minorities, you know, whoever it might be. So what we see is, number one, if you have to call a plumber, before you call the plumber, one, just, you know, cut the water off to your, if, if it's flooding, cut the water off to the house. Usually it's either right by your crawl space or it's right in your, if it's, if you have a garage, usually it's right by the water heater. There's a shutoff valve. Mm-hmm. Usually very, very simple to, to cut off, you know, righty tighty, lefty loosey kind of thing. Um, cut off the water to your house, stop it, stop it from getting worse. And then just very quickly do a little YouTube search, figure out what, what could be the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, literally type in leaky faucet or, uh, <laughs> wet toilet or, you know, flooding toilet, you know, overflowed bathtub, you know, whatever it is Mm -hmm. and get some of the vernacular, just Mm -hmm. learn a little bit about what's going on. Um, that, that way. And again, I hate to come off this way, but that way, when you seem as a homeowner, if you appear to have a little bit of knowledge, you're not going to get ripped off by Joe Schmo or Chuck in a truck. Right. Uh, I shouldn't say you're not going to, but you're less likely um, to get ripped off when they can tell that you you know enough to have a conversation. Right. Um, so I would encourage everybody to, and and then again, if you can, if you're willing to do a little YouTube search and try it yourself, you know that also goes a long way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, trying it yourself, seeing if you can fix it, because it, as soon as you a plumber shows up to your house, as soon as he pulls his wrench out of his truck. You know, that's that's 200 bucks. Yeah. You know, like you're not getting a plumber to do something like you mentioned earlier for less than a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's expensive. YouTube's mm-hmm. free right now. Um, <laughs> so I, I would say that. And then, you know, as far as like uh, specific like tactics, you know, um, it's wh- wherever the wherever the issue is, if it's a let's say it's a flooding issue. Um, like let's 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 say it's a toilet overflow or something. Um, obviously, you know, don't use a toilet, you know, um, but cut the water off at the toilet. Usually there's a little angle stop to the left or the right of your toilet. All you gotta do is turn it to the right, get the water cut off to the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, now another thing that a lot of people don't think about is all those drain lines are tied together. 
So your shower upstairs is tied ultimately to the same drain line that your toilet downstairs is tied to, mm-hmm. 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying this will happen, but I am saying that it could happen, that if your toilet downstairs is about to flood or it's right at that rim level and it won't flush and you go take a shower upstairs, mm-hmm. it is 100% possible that that shower upstairs will cause the toilet to overflow mm-hmm. if it's already on that, you know, if it's already filled up. Right. So in general, if you got a backup, you know, try to keep your water usage to as minimal as possible. Um, if you have what's called a clean out on the outside of your house, usually it's about three to four inches. It's a white circle. Mm-hmm. Um, get you, a, you know, a pair of channel locks um, or, you know, even pliers, you may be able to do it. Um, but open the clean out out because what that does is all the nasty stuff that's flooded currently inside your house, whether it be a bathtub or toilet or wherever it's flooding or in your sink. Um, the clean out, what it's designed for is to give access for a plumber in, t- in most cases to literally clean out the drains in your mm-hmm. house. So what you can do is you can open that clean out up. Um, now do it slowly because a lot of times it's it's got pressure on it. And if, oh, you, yeah. if you pop that thing off, I'm sure you've seen it before. They It can, uh, it can give you a... Uh, it can feel like you're on the Splash Mountain at Disney World, but it's <laughs> not, not clean kind, water. Not, yeah, not the kind of splash that you want. <laughs> yeah. So it, it ain't too clean. Um, but, you know, open up the clean out because what that'll happen is it'll release some of the pressure inside. Now, mm-hmm. it won't stop the clog, um, mm-hmm. but it'll release the pressure inside. So the the water and the whatever is in that water um, from the toilet and whatnot that would be building up in your toilet or your tub is now just going to overflow into your yard. Right. So it's still a problem, but it's significantly less of a problem than yeah. overflowing onto your brand new tile floors or hardwood or, you know, carpet, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, and then get a plumber out there. Right. So I think every little bit of effort, every little bit of knowledge, every little bit of, um, just awareness that you can have before mm-hmm. you get any professional tradesperson out mm-hmm. there. Um, like for me, uh, HVAC, you know, especially, you know, year, years ago I had to get uh, my HVAC replaced and it was very intimidating because one, if you haven't priced an HVAC unit out in a while, it's extremely expensive. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's all kinds of words that I couldn't even spell, much less know what they mean. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you feel like, you know, oh my goodness, you know, this is $15,000 to replace this flux capacitor, hydrodynamic, <laughs> this or that. And it, yeah. it feels like, you know, another language. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like you're getting ripped off. Even yeah. even if you're not, it, it can feel that mm-hmm. way because trades are very, like getting stuff done to your house is very expensive now. Mm-hmm. Just like when, you know, I got Firehouse the other day and I remember Firehouse being like, you know, nine to $11 when I were to, if I were to get a good sub. Yep. I went to Firehouse. Now, granted, I got, you know, I got some chips with my, you know, large club on a sub with Italian dressing added on, oh, wheat, yeah. on wheat bread, but with no drink, just that and a chips in Charleston was $18 Wow, for a sub. It mm-hmm. wasn't $18 four or five or six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff just got expensive. Yep. Think about gas, think about everything in your life. It's gotten mm-hmm. more expensive. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true with tradespeople mm-hmm. um, and the and ultimately trades companies. You know, the, the individual, as the wages rise, as the cost of materials rise, as the cost of fuel rise, as the cost of um, the vehicles that these guys drive rises, mm-hmm. thus... The business who has to pay for all those things has to charge more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's un- unfortunately plumbing is just like everything else in that when prices go up, you know, unfortunately all ships rise, yep. um, and that includes the cost in this specific case of getting work done at your house. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, so sounds like the short answer there is 
put a little effort into Googling or YouTube in it. And if anyone's curious, you now have Mike's uh, firehouse order as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we always like to kind of just wrap things up uh, on the Truth Over Harmony podcast by just asking five random questions to whoever we have come on. All right, um, let's do it. So we're going to rock and roll with it real quick. First one, and I think that you will uh, will enjoy this. This is a common question that I feel like folks uh, maybe at the bar, at the water cooler, at work like to talk about. Is water wet? Is water wet? Uh, I would say... <laughs> That is a funny question. <laughs> I would say that water is wet, not just physically, but it is who it is as a person, who it is as, an, as a being. Its personality, its persona is wet. Fair enough. Water's wet. I can't disagree with that. Um, all right. Question number two. Greenville, big foodie town, right? Tons of restaurants, breweries, all that good stuff all over town. What's your go-to? If All you're right. going to go out and get a good, we'll do lunch and or dinner. If you're going to take the missus out, where are you guys going to go grab some food at? So I'll tell you where. Can I give you a couple answers or do I need to give it spot on to one? I'll give you, I'll give you three. Okay, you give me three. So I'll do one as like a dinner date. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to have a dinner date and we're celebrating anniversary or something big, for sure I'm going to see my boy Justin at Hall's Chop House. Nice. And we're going to go all out, and we're going to have the night of our lives. I'm going to get a Hall's Old Fashioned, going to get the dry age filet, the whole deal. Nice. Um, on our way home, and all, this can count as number two, on our way back to our car, we're going to go to Swordfish Cocktail Club. Nice. And I'm going to get whatever their tiki drink is. Like mm-hmm. it was the uh, Queen Island Queen, I think, was it a co- last weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, uh, also Love a Zombie. So, like, that's, that's my good – that would be like a – Perfect date night for me and my wife. Um, And then as far as a lunch spot, you know, my favorite lunch spot in Greenville doesn't exist anymore, but I think it will again in the future. So I'm going to timestamp this. We're in February of 2024. Rick's Deli was a phenomenal, phenomenal lunch spot in Greenville. Downtown. Downtown. I hate that it's not here anymore. Mm -hmm. I've heard rumors that it could possibly resurface. So I'm going to give Rick's Deli a shout, and I hope they come back. All right. Very nice. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset to see Rick's Deli come back either. I was kind of upset when they moved out of town. So good. uh, I know. It is really good. Great lunch spot. Yes. Um, So cool. Uh, On building off of that. Um, you know, Greenville's got a bunch of a bunch of fun stuff to do outside of just going and getting food and drinks and things like that. Um, what's y'all? What's you and the missus kind of go to spot to to just go and hang out for an afternoon? Maybe it's you know Sunday after church or something. And it's a sunny day out. You know, what's the what's typically the go to there? So we love to go to Unity Park. Mm-hmm. So we take the kids, play on the playground, all that stuff. Um, you know, a couple great spots to eat there. Um, and the, uh, what's it called? The commons. Yep. I think. Yeah. The commons. Yep. So we, that's when it's nice out. That's, that's our family go to. That's mm-hmm. our little family date. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I frequent, uh, the commons in that area as well. I got a little, uh, retriever that he loves to go play in out in the field out there, go walk in the swamp rabbit. Nice. So that's you awesome. Can't, you can't beat a good sunny day out there. Really? We take um, our, our mini Australian shepherd. His name's Justin Timberlake. We call him JT. 
We we take him out there as well, and he loves it. Where did the name Justin Timberlake for a dog come from? Uh, my my wife thought it would be hilarious. We were going to get two of these mini Australian Shepherds, and for whatever reason, she thought it would be hilarious to have one be named Justin Timberlake and the other be named Mindy Kaling. <laughs> Don't know why. She thought it would be hilarious, So and it is. We kept uh, Justin Timberlake, and we call him JT. Yep. And he comes to work with me every day. He's my best friend. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm still trying to, still trying to convince Dave to let me bring Ziggy into the office every day. So, Dave, if you're listening to this, uh, Ziggy deserves a spot here at the uh, at the ProTech office. I think Ziggy needs to be on the pod, man. I think so, too. I think it might boost viewership, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of a smart idea, in my opinion. Um, cool. So that's, I think, number three right there. I think that's number three. four. This is probably, this is going to be, I think, my personal favorite. So you pulled up in this beautiful matte black Bronco out front. What is your dream car in life? You know, let's say that you've got all the riches in the world. Money is no longer an object. Uh, You got everything paid off and all that good stuff. You can walk up to the dealer and drop a sack of cash on there and pay for it straight up. What are you buying? Well, you're describing my life already. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that is not my life at this exact time. Uh, good question. I would I would say I'm not I'm not a super car person. So mm-hmm. I, I'm probably not the right person to ask. But because you did, I would say like I think this is probably a, more of a vanity answer than anything. But I really like uh, the Mercedes G wagon. I think that's yeah. a really nice car, and my wife also loves that car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that it's like specifically like this crazy desire of mine, but that would be my answer mm-hmm. to your question. They are a clean looking car, they and, look great. and regardless of if you're a male or female, yep. how old you are, I feel like everyone looks at a G wagon. Yep, like, man, that thing looks clean. I always do a double take yeah. every time I see one. Yep, all the time, all the time. All right, well, cool. Um, number five. Let's see here. I just had a good one, and then I think I let it slip my mind. Um, no, that's it. Random Saturday. You got some time on your hands, you know, maybe want to decompress a little bit, right? What's some hobbies that you enjoy doing around the Greenville area to, you know, maybe go out and hang out with some some folks? So not on a Saturday, but I uh, love playing in our co-ed soccer league with the, okay. with Greenville County. So our team uh, we're we're pretty good. Um, we've got a we got some great folks on our team. We were the footballers. Um, now we are Stevie FC. If you ever want on a Monday night at Baldwin Park, we're playing somewhere between seven thirty and nine o'clock. All right. We have a pretty good team. We win more often than we lose. And we have a great time doing it. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Well, if you ever need a backup, you know, I'm a, I'm a great goalkeeper. Uh, Not really, actually. Uh, I have some I, friends that would that would be like telling me quite the opposite story. I there, honestly so. was hoping that was true because you got the height, you got the look. I do, I do, but I don't know if the performance matches dang, the rest of it. Dang, so, but hey, you bad. know, if you're ever in dire need of someone, deal, deal. I'll see, I'll see what I can do. I'll see <laughs> what I can good. do. So, well, cool, man. Thanks for joining us. You know, today for episode three, Truth Over Harmony podcast. Ton of fun, ton of fun. Um, We'll have uh, Michael's contact info here below. Uh, Like, click, subscribe, follow us, all that good stuff. Share it. Um, It really means the world to us. um, And we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks so much.